Hi, this is Pastor Sam Murphy from Christ Centered Church, and you are listening to Christ Centered Cast. Turn, top, turn your copy of God's Word today to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53. Isaiah chapter 53, beginning in verse 1, we read Who has believed what he has heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Father God, this morning, we thank you for sending the despised one. We thank you for a Savior that was more than just a flash in the pan and charisma. We thank you for sending you, God. And I pray that from your word today, we would learn what you would have us to apply, and you would show us how to apply it in our daily lives. It's in your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we pray this morning. Amen. So one of the Christmas staples in our culture is the Charlie Brown Christmas Special. And if you've been around long enough, you've seen it once or twice or a hundred times. It's a wonderful story of Charlie learning about what Christmas truly means. And as he's learning about what Christmas truly means, he hears the gospel from Linus, and he deals with the bullying of his friends along the way. In that particular story, Charlie and Linus are tasked with going out and finding a Christmas tree for the Christmas musical. And as they go through the tree yard and they look at all of the various kinds of trees and and different sizes and colors, uh, truly beautiful trees to behold, in the midst of them sits a little tree with barely any pine needles on it and absolutely nothing in it that would draw anyone to it. And Charlie decides that that is the tree that they need to have for their Christmas musical. He expresses that he feels bad for the tree and that the tree probably just needs some love and that he should be the one to do it. So he selects the tree and takes it back and to the criticism and mockery of his friends, he gives the tree. He then leaves because he's upset from being made fun of and mocked and ridiculed and Linus tells everyone what the true meaning of Christmas is from Luke chapter 2 and talks about our Savior. After that, After they hear the gospel, the peanuts have a change of hearts, and they understand what Christmas truly is now, and they go to find Charlie. And they take all of the decorations off of Snoopy's doghouse and use those decorations in order to change the tree completely, which, the first time I noticed this in all these years, the tree went from having all kinds, or having no pine needles to having a ton of pine needles. I don't know if Snoopy was decorating with needles or what, but... Nonetheless, after they get their hands on it and they demonstrate love and they show love to Charlie and to one another and to the tree, the tree is a beautiful tree with all kinds of decorations. Now, as we think about the Charlie Brown Christmas special story, it teaches us not only about the true meaning of Christmas, it also shows us the power of genuine love and the right decorations. And the right decorations. Last week, of course, we looked at the lights. This week, we're going to be looking at decorations, because when we have the right ornamental decorations, our Christmas trees end up looking beautiful. In the same way, when we adorn our lives biblically, getting beyond the superficial, 
We look beautiful to God and others as well. We decorate our lives with certain things that we're going to see today from Scripture. We end up looking beautiful to God and our people in our lives. And just like last week in our series, when we looked at lights, this week we're going to approach a theology of adornment or theology of decoration by first considering our model, who is, of course, Jesus Christ. He's our example. And then we're going to explore what the rest of God's Word says that we should do with that ourselves as people who know Jesus Christ as Savior, as Christians. So today we're going to look at the fact that God's Word reminds us of the importance of adornment. It reminds us of what it means to be decorated with the right decorations. So we start in Isaiah chapter 53. In Isaiah chapter 53, we have the suffering servant. And we're reminded first, as we look at Isaiah 53, that Jesus himself did not draw others to himself with, with the superficial. Jesus did not draw others to himself with the superficial. Jesus didn't draw others to him and his life by looking the best or seeming the most powerful physically or being the tallest. Remember, Israel was looking with that or looking for that with King Saul, and you saw what they got with King Saul. They wanted Saul because he was taller than the rest, and he had a physical appearance of strength and charisma. And, of course, Israel made a poor choice. Jesus, however, though, did not come with all of that. He was not physically opposing. He was not the best-looking. He was maybe not even the best speaker, humanly speaking. But, of course, when you are God, I mean, there you have it. Jesus didn't draw himself to people, through himself with the superficial. We're going to see what he did draw others to, or draw others to himself with. And as we look at Isaiah 53, we notice first, in the very first verse, first, that there is a notable contrast between the power and the weakness that are God. And look at verse 1 again. It says, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse 2, for he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. Now, if you look at those, the picture there between 1 and 2, you have that the arm of the Lord, the arm of God. That is, of course, like you would picture the emoji, the strength emoji with the muscle. That's the idea that's being conveyed here in Scripture. The arm of the Lord is a picture of strength. And Isaiah contrasts that with verse 2 to present the Messiah. And he says, you don't know who you're looking for, Israel, essentially. You're looking for a strong, physically ominous God. And yet, verse 2, for he grew up from before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. A root out of dry ground is not going to be a strong root. It does not have the moisture and the water and the nutrients and things that it, it needs to appear strong or to be strong. And when Jesus Christ came and was born a baby in the circumstances that he was born in and how he physically grew up, he was not what our culture would consider today a great-looking person. He was not a rich person. He was not physically muscular. He was not particularly athletic. He was not all these things. And we see that here in the text as the Messiah is described as we continue on. So he's a young plant, a root out of the dry ground. He had no former majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. So people looked at Jesus, and they, they weren't particularly taken with his physical appearance, with his looks. And no form of majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. 
Quite the contrary, he was, in fact, despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one whom men hid their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. So we see that God's plan in making Christ not Ryan Reynolds is that we were not to be drawn to him physically by appearance, by charisma, by how he spoke humanly speaking. Instead, God had another plan to draw people to himself through his son, the incarnate Christ. And what this teaches us is it gives us a perspective regarding the lack of abhorrence of physical attraction. Because we live in a culture that is obsessed with physical attraction. With money and power and looks and charisma and the ability to speak eloquently. Those are the things that enamor humans, people, our culture in particular. We're taken with those things. Those are the things that persuade us. They make us buy things. They make us give our time. And what seeing Christ presented like this teaches us or shows us is it gives us a perspective regarding the lack of importance of physical attraction from God's perspective. That's not what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to strive to be the best looking or the most physically powerful or seemingly the most charismatic. We know that the most attractive thing about Christ was not his outward appearance at all. It was his relationship with the Father, his love for others, the truth that he lived biblically, his obedience to the Father, his faithfulness, his kindness to others, particularly the marginalized and disadvantaged. Those are all character traits and qualities that were attractive, that drew people to Jesus Christ. The most attractive things about him weren't how he looked on the outside or the power that he seemed to exude as he walked into a room. We have to embrace that those were not the things that made Christ the most attractive. It came from his calling and his character. Who he was, God in the flesh. His recognition that God wanted him to serve him with his life and live for the Father. And those are things that we can do too. We can make our life about that as well. In order to make our life about Christ, though, and his, his character and his calling, we have to be willing to and put aside the drive and the push for physical appearance, for attractiveness from the outward. And let God work through us. Jesus didn't draw others with the superficial. That's not how he had large crowds of people listening to him speak. That's not how he came to become our Savior. In fact, Israel was looking for that first, as I mentioned, through Saul, but then as they were looking for him to be their king, to be the Messiah who would lead their army and their nation toward victory over the heathen oppressors. But that's not what they got, because that's not who Christ was. We're reminded Jesus did not draw others with the superficial to himself. I don't know where you are in life and what your pursuits are, what, what's important to you. I know it can be very easily, easy personally to struggle with the desire to appear uh, physically 
beautiful or good looking or strong or all of those things. It can be a very real struggle for some people. I don't know where you are with that. Maybe it's not for you, but maybe it is. I want to encourage you today that God wants more for you than that. He wants more than your life to be characterized by your pursuit of physical strength or beauty or charm or any of those things. He wants something more. He wants a, a beauty that's developed from within, character. And that's what we're going to consider now. Because first, God's word reminds us that Jesus didn't draw others to himself with superficial. We're reminded also that we must not draw others to ourselves with the superficial. God's word speaks of this. I call it a, a theology of beauty or a theology of handsome, really. Because that's what we see as we look at these New Testament passages. Because just like last week when Jesus Christ said, I am the light, and then he said, you are the light. We see here that we have a Christ that is not characterized by physical attraction and outward outward beauty. And now we see, too, in Scripture that we are to not be people that are characterized and defined by physical attraction and beauty. So when we talk about adornment and we talk about decoration and we talk about decorating ourselves, before we look at these passages, let me ask, if you were to characterize your outward appearance, would you say that you are one who emphasizes the outward attraction and the outward adornment? Is that something that's more important to you than developing inward character? Because that's what we're going to look at now. Three different passages. I'm not going to have you do a lot of flipping around and all that. If you want to try to keep up, you can. But I do have the verses right here, and we'll be looking at them. So as we consider this, we look at the fact that God calls us not to draw others with the superficial, but he wants us to draw them with other things. We're going to look at those other things. As we look at 1 Peter 3, <coughs> excuse me, we're going to look at a couple of passages that are typically characterized as passages that are used to help the church understand male and female roles within the body. Now, while that is a conversation that can be had, that is not a conversation that we will have today. Because I believe that more important than understanding those specifics and assigning them to certain gender roles, I believe that these are biblical theological principles that apply to everyone. So, guys, we're not off the hook with any of this. So, just so you know, this is a reality for all of us. These are all things that we need to be cultivating. Because there are just as many vain men who are concerned and obsessed with the outward and those kinds of things as there are women. It's just the reality. So what does God's word say for all of us? First Peter chapter 3, Peter writes this to the church. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning, let your decorations be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty, imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. So as we look at this, this theology of decoration or adornment, we see first that we're called to decorate ourselves and our lives with gentleness and self-control. Gentleness and self-control. Those are the things we see first that God looks at us and goes, wow, those are beautiful. Those are something to look at. Those are attractive to others. And they are. Because we live in a very harsh, cruel world, one that is characterized by a lack of self-control, whether it's flying off the handle or pursuing things that God doesn't want us to pursue. That is really what we're told to do now, to just do what you want, be who you are, live your truth, take as you see fit. 
And yet, as, as Christians, as believers, we're called to decorate or adorn our lives with gentleness and self-control, not to respond like with like, but to be a model, an example, and a picture of who Jesus Christ was as a person, as a human, in the incarnation. We're called to decorate ourselves with gentleness and self-control. We decorate with the hidden person of the heart. So what does that tell us? That tells us that if we don't have any ornaments to decorate with, we need to change our heart. And God can do that if we let him, if we ask him to, if we give our heart to him. He can change the inward heart so that we have the materials that we need to decorate our life with. We're called to adorn with the hidden person of the heart, with a beauty that lasts. The ornaments on the tree, they, they break. You drop them. If you have a cat, you know, they break. That's just the way it is. But these characteristics that we can cultivate in our own lives are imperishable, unbreakable. They last. A gentle and a quiet spirit, both the gentlemen and the ladies, we all need that. We do. And when God sees it, yeah, that's, that's what I want on my tree. That's beautiful. That looks nice. So we see gentleness and self-control. Then we see that we're to decorate our lives with modesty and good works. First Peter chapter 2. Now he does again delineate a little bit of a distinction between men and women, but I think if we do in fact consider the context, he's speaking to both, and both really apply when you get to the root behaviors behind the things that are being addressed. Because in each of these situations, I believe that these letters were not written in a vacuum. They were written to a specific group of people who had specific problems and needed specific answers. In this situation, apparently, folks were getting rowdy at Timothy's church. So, God says, through Paul, to Timothy, I desire, verse, uh, chapter 2 of 1 Timothy 1, chapter 2, verse 8, I desire then that in every place the men should pray. Lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. So he's saying, guys, don't throw hands, fold hands. Instead, pray. Instead of being angry and quarreling. Now we look at that and we go, okay, I'm talking to the guys because guys are hotheads. Women never argue and quarrel, right? Ever, right? No. Okay. We know. But likewise, also, women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel. With modesty and self-control. Not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. And because guys never try to show out and look a certain way and dress nice and do all that kind of stuff and go overboard with that stuff, some might say, since that's never a problem, of course there's sarcasm again because it happens because men and women all do this. And I believe it's because we need to get beyond those kinds of things and look at the character, the theology of decoration and adornment. So what we have here in this text, and we're going to see it reinforced again in just a minute, is a call to modesty and self-control in verse 10, a godliness with good works. So not only is it the visible character that comes out in how we treat one another and how we live and how we present ourselves and those kinds of things, it also demonstrates itself in good works. There's a doing component as well. Doing good. So we're called to decorate or adorn ourselves, men and women, everyone, all believers, when we know Christ, with modesty and live that out through good works. Not just good works to be good works, but good works that come from the inner person. 
So we see we're supposed to decorate ourselves with gentleness, self-control, modesty, good works. And then as we flip on over to Titus and we see this continued theology of adornment and decoration, we find another group of people, men, women, and now Titus chapter 2, verse 9. Bond servants. And this is why I encourage us and exhort us not to get hung up in the specifics of the roles, because again, it applies to all. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters and everything. They're to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, not, but showing all good faith. And here's why. So that in everything, they may adorn or decorate with the doctrine of God, our Savior. So we decorate our lives with the living doctrine of God. It's that idea or concept of walking around and be that old saying of being the only Bible that some people ever read that ever read. That is true. There is that sense. Now, we do have to share, of course, with our words. So it's something that we say and something that we do both when we share the gospel. But the emphasis here is living in a way that adorns the gospel of God and the doctrine of God, our Savior. So we, we live out the doctrine that we profess to believe. It's not just something that we know in our heads and in our hearts. It's something we do with our hands. It's how we treat others. It's the things that we do each day. It's the things that we say. It's living doctrine. That, that comes out of our lives in practical ways. And so we see this again, this idea of the outward and the importance of recognizing that we need the inward cultivated, developed. We need it to grow so that it can come out and it's a decoration for our lives. People see it when they see us coming. They're not enamored with our physical appearance or our attraction or our height or our size or our strength or any of those kinds of things. If anything, they're enamored with what God is doing through our lives and in our lives and who God has made us to be and what difference that makes to others. So you see in these three passages in the New Testament to the churches, there is a call to recognize the importance of developing the inward and decorating with those characteristics with the outward. We are called to decorate our lives with Words and works from our calling and character, just like Christ did. Decorate ourselves with words and works from our calling and character. So we think about God's word today, and we look at these passages in Christ's example and what that means for us as believers. I ask, are you ready to decorate yourself or to have God's God-honoring decorations in your life? This holiday season. If you are ready to decorate your life with God-honoring decorations, the ones that we saw in Scripture today, gentleness, self-control, modesty, good works, and living doctrine, and hear all of those. Here's the challenge today. First, first, as we looked at the example and model of Jesus Christ, we need to point others to the calling and character of Christ. Point others to the calling and character of Christ. Christ's calling is what compelled me to believe the gospel when I was nine years old. The fact that God would send his son, someone who would care enough about me, not even knowing me personally, someone who came to seek and to save that which was lost. That was what God used to work into my heart to call me to himself as a boy. 
knowing that that was Christ's mission, that that's why he came. He came to seek and to save the lost. That was his calling and his character in full display. And we need to point others to that. Secondly, secondly, in the quietness of your hearts today, ask God to help you cultivate your inner spiritual life. Ask God to help you build that little box of decorations up so that you can have a lot to pull out and put on the tree of your life when you interact with other people. Ask God to cultivate your inner spiritual life. And then commit to him. You're going to let him work through you through the rest of the holidays into next year. So that when others see you coming down the street, the only thing they're enamored by is your character and the calling of God on your life to live for and serve him and to be a blessing to others. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much again for today, for the opportunity to worship you together as a church family and as a community, both online and here. And Lord, as we look at the Christmas trees this season, this time of year, I pray that we'd be reminded first of being a light, but also to decorating our lives with the decorations that come from the inner man, that come from your word, that are living doctrine, that come out into our life. And I pray this season that we would point others to your son, Jesus Christ because of his calling, why he came, and his character, and his sinlessness, and the fact that he died for us. And it's in your Son, our Lord and Savior, who we celebrate the birth of this season. In his name we pray. Amen. God bless as you go forth to preach, teach, and reach others with the gospel of Christ this holiday season. Thank you for listening to Christ-Centered Cast. Please join us again next week. God bless.